Wednesday again. I don't know Wednesday. what your what, what your highlight of the week is. Uh, I don't no longer look look forward to weekends because it's like Tuesday or Saturday. Almost doesn't matter. So Wednesday. Yep. It's Wednesday. Yep. Highlight of the week. Highlight of the week here. Shot of digital health therapy. We're on. Uh, I, I usually don't know what day of the week is, but we're in week seven of quarantine. <laughs> I, I, I stopped counting, uh, but also, as you notice, uh, you know, there's a lot of critics now of our unproduced show telling me that, you know, the light is bad. Uh, so for the listeners and the podcast, they don't care. Uh, yeah. So I actually decided to just, you know, know, you know, this is the garage. This is it. Um, and uh, I'm going to put Marina, my wife, in the spot. So she actually ordered a, a light, like a professional light, because she's going to get cracking on health coaching podcast. Um, right. She's got a cue, so no excuse. Uh, still not getting it produced. Um, but, you know, for our wonderful listeners, uh, I'm going to go live because, you know, you and I just went from a YouTube video uh, and then a couple of weeks ago, podcast. We so, yep. Uh, we got a partnership with Apple, our partnership with Spotify, <laughs> our partnership with Google. We've got rank ratings. What are, we're up to? Like, give me some stats here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going. I'm going on the stats. So, um, you know, it's, it's the YouTube viewership has been actually declining, Jim. I mean, we're still climbing to like about 700 views in total. Um, okay. Um, and and that's actually the interesting part because uh, remember in the first episode or pre-episode we kind of saying, well, nobody listens to podcasts. Well, let me tell you, uh, those people that were watching us on YouTube, they're now, we got uh, close to 100 subscribers on our podcast. You're kidding. So, yeah, I know. It's crazy. People actually listen to us. This is fascinating. <laughs> this is just, okay. So, okay. So, get, like, you got to talk to me first before we let our guest in is... Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna let him in uh, in a minute. Uh, but actually, I, I'm going to spring this on you a little bit. So... Right. I feel like, uh, so we had Lisa, uh, we had Matthew and Jess, uh, we're now going to have another guest uh, that we'll introduce in a second. Um, and I, you know, if you remember going back all the way where we, you know, how we wanted this to get started is you and I um, at the bar uh, talking about actually kind of emulating what we do at the bar. So right. I'm going to spring it on you because while we have a queue of speakers, they all want to come come with us on this show sure. on produce show um i think either you or i we toss a coin because i feel like you know at the bar it's like i would say hey jim have you met so and so right, right. um and right. kind of that's how we we unite the people so anyway sure. so i'm gonna i'm throwing the away and we'll choose maybe next week maybe the week after uh to do that kind of uh, emulation um a bit of, of the real life oh, the bar, bar. yeah uh, yeah is, oh, oh in, in, so you want, you want us to pretend we're in the bar right now? <laughs> where, where do you want to go? <laughs> but I got to talk to, first of all, we, we got to go into, so what do you want, do you want me to do something in particular? Because the idea for this podcast came at the same time uh, that I was chatting with uh, Ra, what our next guest, and we were, we were Why don't you introduce to, him before I let him in, and this way he, we okay. can just dive right in. Yeah, okay, yeah, so, so we've got the, um, we've got the infamous or the famous Rob Garber, a 35 year at least uh, venture capitalist. I have no idea if those stats are right from the Seven Wire Fund. Uh, I think a Chicago native and um, uh, all around kind of dry sense of humor. 
uh, he's he's famous for his, his trips abroad to Ireland and Austria and Barcelona. So I think that's what. But he his that's most famous <laughs> that's his most famous outing is is hanging out with me on Lime Scooters and JP Morgan. So that's <laughs> <what I'll... laughs> all right. I'm gonna let him in. There we go. So Rob Rob is coming on. Rob, hold on. It says connecting to audio, which is great because we want to hear him, not talk amongst ourselves all the time. Yes. Rob Gerber. All right. Hey. Hey, Jan. Rob, looking sharp. Looking sharp, man. Yeah, <laughs> is the COVID thing working? We're, we already <laughs> Jim already introduced you, so uh, if, that, if any of it was fake news, you're going to have to deal with it. That's uh, all right. I'm, I'm used to that from Jim. Yeah, well, we went through your entire academic career, your, your portfolio of companies. <laughs> <laughs> Your dreams and ambitions as a small child growing up in a suburb of Chicago. <laughs> I'm not sure if we just kind of made it up. We flew with it. Oh, good. I, I suspect what you made up is probably much more interesting than the reality. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So, okay, we get. I don't. We don't really have a program here, but you got to check. We got to check in with how the uh, situation is in Chicago. You're in your office in your house. Where are you? I am stuck at home in my house, where I've been for almost two months now. So uh, okay. it's a far cry from the airplanes I'm usually on, as, as are you, so. Uh, okay. And how are you feeling? Uh, is the, how's, how's, the, uh, how's the energy level here? How are you feeling? Uh, doing all right. I, uh, I, uh, I'm a little, little stir-crazy. A little stir-crazy. Everyone's healthy, which is most importantly. But, uh, you know, not used to being in place for this, for this long, that's for sure. And, right, and, 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 and like before, before you do it, sorry, one more, like, like how many, like you do, you would do like what, 10 meetings typically, investor meetings a week or 15 or something like that. Like what's the Zoom, what's the Zoom out, output right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I spend like 10 to 12 hours a day on the phone now. Um, not all video based. I, I, I can't be on Zoom that long without like pulling out what little hair I have left, but um yeah, I spend just a lot of time on on uh, on phone calls and Zoom calls. And and and, and, and Mr. Go Mr. Garber, you're, uh, yeah, I, I noticed you're keeping uh, Gillette in business on top, but you're not keeping Gillette in business here. Um, so I, you know, grow, growing it out. Yeah, of I just bored him. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> just something dry. I was sitting at home, and I hadn't gone to bed in like thirty years, and so. Okay, you know. have you been? Uh, have you been keeping track of this? Uh, the unproduced uh, Eugene and Jim show here podcast. Have you? Have you? Have we, have we... How could I not? I mean, it's like number one in my feed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I need sources of entertainment. The PR is working. <laughs> and, uh, it's you guys number one, and then number two. I don't know if you guys watch uh, some good news with uh, John Krasinski. If yeah, you haven't, uh, yeah. So it's, he's further down the list. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of oh, usually awesome. I'm looking for. I'm looking for the uh, the beach in the background here. I mean, I, listen, I I can do it. You know, we just expanded the <laughs> podcast, so I kind of figured. Uh, here you go, just for, just for you, for a minute or two. <laughs> nice, nice. Very easy. Ah. Wow, yours even has full motion video. I mean, right. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm, I'm switching offices. Sometimes I'm in, you know, Jim's living room. Um, sometimes, I sit <laughs> sometimes I sit across from him. Sometimes on the same couch. You've upgraded from the garage when we connected last week a little bit, or maybe the, you just the, yeah, the, I, the garage has it. It's, it's the virtual uh, upgrades, uh, which are the future anyway. Uh, that's how we're going to travel. But, but, you know, I, I guess maybe even speaking of the future, because I, you know, normally if this would be at the bar, I probably have uh, shot number two already. Um, and, you know, we all love... Uh, I mean, it's afternoon. You're, you're good. <laughs> are, you, are you guys uh, not hearing me well? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, we got, yeah. No, uh, so, you know, I was kind of saying that around, uh, we all love consumer-driven health. Um, and notice I don't say necessarily health care. So wanted to actually, Rob, uh, pick your brain here a little bit. Uh, I think, you know, love the seven-wire thesis, the investment thesis. And I think... Uh, just curious what you guys are seeing out there with your portfolio companies as, uh, a, um, you, by the way, you're not allowed to say all these words that are surrounding the topic that we're, we've launched during. Otherwise, Jim Joyce uh, holds up that C19 thing there. So what do you, you know, what are you seeing in the marketplace with your portfolio companies, how it's impacting? And I think given your thesis, good, bad, indifferent, uh, net positive, for sure. Uh, I think uh, we've always focused on solutions that empower people to be able to better self-manage their care. Um, and so this is um, nothing new to us. If anything, it has just um, created significant tailwinds for people to actually change their behavior. As we all know, getting people to change their behavior is very, very difficult. And you know, now people don't really have a choice. If they need access to care, um, they've got to use some suite of the virtual tools that are available to them. Either better self-manage and take care of their chronic conditions and their acute conditions, or uh, or to access providers and clinicians. So um, I would say two-thirds to three-quarters of our portfolio are seeing significant tailwinds right now, just as a function of just sort of this full shift, wholesale shift to virtual. Um, and you know, that's compounded by the fact that, at least here, um, we've seen major changes in relaxation of regulatory right. strains, changes in HIPAA, you know, relaxation of HIPAA, uh, increased reimbursement for virtual care. So all, all these sort of industry, you know, friction points for sort of this transition to consumer-driven health and virtual world have also those barriers have been at least temporarily broken down for the last couple of months. You know, we'll see how long they stay broken down, but some portion of them, it's never going back. So yeah. And it's interesting because I always look at things, you know, for uh, also s uh, switching costs, right. And they're not necessarily actual costs. Um, but uh, to your point, if there's no other choice for something that was a very heavy, uh, uh, you know, everything from training to adoption to, you know, all of a sudden you kind of have to. So that switching cost from a pure behavior change perspective went to almost zero, probably not zero, but almost zero. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I, I will say uh, I, have I have some concerns though that um, even though to us as, as people who are in the industry and using these tools and looking at these companies all, all the time, and so it's very familiar territory, 
I do have concerns that there is a slice of the population for which this is completely unfamiliar, completely intimidating, threatening, and the alternative to using these virtual tools is doing nothing. And so that, mm. you know, we have yet to see a lot of what that, you know, th those uh, long lasting effects will be, but there's no question that there's, there are people foregoing care. No question. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's just hard to measure. I mean, the, one of the few concrete measures I saw earlier this week was at least in the U.S. Year over year, pediatric vaccinations are down two and a half million doses across all, the, all kinds of things. And so, you know, obviously harder with that because you need to be in person to get those vaccines. But I mean, and then there are people saying, well, wait a minute, are we going to see outbreaks of chickenpox and measles and things like that that we wouldn't normally see? Um, and that's even more serious if you talk about people foregoing, you know, uh, care for diabetes or cardiovascular disease or COPD. Yeah, yeah, but you see, but like the vaccine, like in, in the Irish market, the vaccines would happen in the schools, like like a huge percentage of, um, of well, certainly school age kids, you know, not the not the babies, but the, you know, so that's all shut down. That's 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 shut down. Yeah, so I mean, look, in some respects, I know that. Uh, um, Sweden does the same thing, and you know, uh, we're behind using that as a vaccination approach. So, so one of the things, Rob, like, so when you think about when when you look at the portfolio of companies, so so you're used to you're used to seeing companies go through cycles where you know uh, you know a new company's formed, you invest behind a CEO, you know, or its management team, and then some kind of crisis hits, and you have to kind of step in and help the company. Or you, you're you're either there as a sounding board or on the board or observing or watching them kind of deal with crisis, uh, and then like the crisis hits for you know in some way this is a crisis for everybody. What what like what are you seeing? Like how are you seeing the what's different about this one? You look at the portfolio companies. Are they just a classic entrepreneur just tucking into it? Have you seen something different? Are they stressed about all the opportunities that are out there? What do you, what do you, any thoughts? Yeah, the cop-out answer is it kind of depends. I mean, I will say, Eugene and I were talking last week, and you know, this is this is my fourth recession that I will have been investing through, and so sorry. You invested? Didn't you invest through the Spanish flu? I, I did. I, I did. I did. I was nice for some time, like sort of like investing in the longevity pill. You invested in longevity pill. Yeah. Still working on, still working on my fountain of youth portfolio company. Um, right. So, but I've seen sort of these triage waves happen before, and um, none of them obviously caused by a pandemic, and all of them sort of create crises around staffing, around economics, <laughs> around economics, uh, um, around, around sales cycle. So, I would say. Concerns fall in a few categories. One, there was sort of this initial wave of like, how do we get our company to work in a virtual way? I think people, right. people sort of always had remote workforce, but not overnight did they have to take their entire team and make it virtual. Um, right. For the most part. And interestingly enough, relatively seamlessly, um, I would yeah. say that across the board, we're not seeing much of a hit from a productivity perspective. Just Pretty cool. I mean, it's amazing to see sort of how 
quickly yeah. this world has sort of transitioned into. I, I, I would even almost say the productivity is up. Uh, I, I honestly, like, I'm just looking even yeah. at us, at your coach, and we're just, it's nonstop. Um, and you were saying before, yeah. you're on calls yeah. 12 hours a day. I, well, I think what's happened, interesting enough, is that uh, um, so many of us spend so much time traveling and on planes and airports, and that's not the most efficient time. And so, you know, if I spend 50% of my time on the road and all that time suddenly frees up, it, it makes room for, for more work. It definitely does. And I think I've seen that across the board. So I think that was right. sort of the transition and making sure that their employees are safe and equipped um, and, and healthy. Um, then there was sort of what's our balance sheet look like, which is you know, the cash important. to get through this. Um, and then sort of what are the ramifications from a sales perspective? And, you know, I would say many of our companies have created some tools and services to address acute needs in this given time. But we've been careful about, you know, we're not going to reformulate businesses to yep. say this is, this is all targeted towards the immediate situation, right? Um, right. what we really try to do is say our true north is we have companies and we have technologies, we have tools. How do we help people, right? If people have needs, there are gaps in care, there's problems accessing it, there's affordability issues. Like how, how do we help people, right? Mm -hmm. And if we do that, yeah, I think that the rest of it will take care of itself. Um, and I think so far, largely, largely we, we've seen that utilization of, of is way up across the board um, for most of our companies. Um, people are figuring out how to use these tools, how to create care continuity. Um, so you don't have any story of anyone like losing their goo in the middle of this and not holding it together? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. Actually, if you ask me what I think the, the sleeping giant with all of this is, is behavioral health. Right. I, I think that we haven't begun to see Yep. The, the detritus that's caused by this PTSD, substance abuse, suicide, um, anxiety, major depressive disorder. I mean, that's a really cheerful bunch of stuff there, but I, 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 Let's I go back to aging. Let's go back to aging. Yeah, longevity. <laughs> we'll pretend Rob is over 100 years old at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's going to have a last, some lasting impact. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And look, we're, we're fortunate to be working with, you know, look, I can't say we haven't had to lay off some people in our companies and we haven't had to reduce salaries. Like everybody out there, we're being really cautious around cash utilization, but I still feel like you know, we're, we've been relatively immune from some of the real economic. Um, what do I think we, we haven't covered, like, like say with Eugene, like you're, you're looking to go back, you're come looking to come back to Europe, right? You know, you're looking to come back this way. and you know, it, it, what about like, how do companies like we've got implementations going on now, like in multiple countries and, you know, like in, in their deals are kind of moving faster. And so, but all of a sudden, like, you know, we've got to stand up an implementation in France and we can't get there. We got to do it in Germany. We can't get there. We're just building teams. Like it, you, your portfolio in general is pretty U.S. centric, right, Rob? It is, but I mean, I, you know, there's nobody traveling here either. So, you know, if you have an, if I have an implementation going in New York, nobody wants to go to New York right now. Right, you can stay there if you want, but nobody to. You know, somebody asked me the other day, like, when am I going to be comfortable flying? I said, 
I think the other half of that question is, when are the people I'm flying to see going to be comfortable seeing me? Right. Yeah, right. My, my threshold for risk may be very different from whoever we're going to visit. Um, right. So, you know, there's two edges of that sort. Um, I will say it's been very interesting to see we've now initiated and closed deals that never existed before um, like March 1st. We've, our companies are hiring people that nobody on the management team has met in person, which I think mm. is kind of cool, even at the senior level, which I would say would be really challenging. But right. that, may be, that may be the new norm. I don't on, know. on the same note, uh, Rob, would you personally invest? I saw Chrissy Farr actually uh, tweeted something. If you're an investor, would you invest in a company if you only met the uh, founder and entrepreneur virtually? I saw Chrissy's tweet. Yeah. Really good. It's a really good question. Um, I, I don't know yet. I mean, I, I would say one of one of the challenges I have with just sort of the whole Zoom-based economy is that um, this business is a very is very much a relationship-driven business, as you guys know, and it's just like it's mm-hmm. hard to get to know people when you can't you know, meet in person, read body language, break bread together, um, yep. hold that rapport in that relationship. And that's not, that's not Eugene's, that's not Eugene's uh, room when he puts up my house there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, the virtual drinking helps. Um, I suspect we're going to, you know, obviously we're only a couple months into this. I suspect we're going to run into that. We're actually are in diligence on a couple of things where, um, I've never met any of the team in person. No. Right. Interesting. I, 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 remember I, used to, I used to have a, one of my first jobs in pharma. Like I covered a bunch of countries in Europe. And, and I remember my boss requiring me to get on a plane, you know, even though we could do a lot of the management, you know, remotely uh, you know, through phone calls and everything. And he said, you got to go in, you got to, you got to, you got to walk into the office. You got to live in their shoes. You got to see, you know, see what's happening and you'll just have a, you know, your perspective on the person will change, you know, completely, you know. You know, I've always had a rule over the years that uh, when I hired a CEO for a company um, that I always wanted to have dinner with spouses, that I always wanted to break bread and and see how they were in in a less business formal structure setting. Um, and I and maybe maybe this means that we're dinosaurs, Jim. I don't know because I feel like I'm the same way as you are. Is that I want to go in the room, I want to see the office, I want to read the body language, I want to see how the other team members. React. But you know, go, going yeah, forward, there, might, like, can't get there might not be any offices, right? I mean, you guys saw Twitter announce you don't have to come back to the office, so no. Um, you know, and 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 it's interesting because it, uh, you know, you sitting there as a venture capitalist, right, uh, talking about investing in other teams, but uh, people like yourself also have LPs um, and others. And I'm curious, like, how's that dynamic? You see that changing, you know, a what you're just seeing out there now, but then also, you know, kind of in the similar stance of uh, the interactions, right? <clears throat> so it's interesting because I was having this discussion. We've been we uh, we've been talking, doing some pre-marketing, talking to some investors for our next fund, and some are in, in the EU. And I haven't gotten to the far enough along to say, would you make a commitment with ever, without ever coming to Chicago and meeting us, or without us flying to Europe to meet with you? 
but I think that we're going to cross that bridge in the next you know month or two easily. Um, and um, I think the rules are going to have to change if this if this continues to be the, the work environment. Yeah, I mean, would you ever marry someone just through Zoom? <laughs> Wait, hold on. My my girls and I will admit I've watched some of those episodes too. Ninety Day Fiance. Check, I check, seen it. check that show out. It's hilarious. Is, it, is this the is this the new mail order bride like that? Oh, I I, I think ba basically, yeah. It's uh, nice. Nice. Know, uh, just, it's kind of yeah, you're you're, you're just talking to them over the phone or something. Yeah, you're you're just you only hear their voice for something before you see them. Yeah. Well, I have heard that uh, my oldest son is fourteen, and I've heard that uh, there are these sort of. Um, ro virtual romances going on in high schools now, and because okay. they have nothing to do, and the kids are all like, they, but that the fear is that when they go back to school in person, all of those relationships are going are going to vaporize. That like, mm. it's safe because there's no nothing you can do with it, and you're not together. Right. But the minute that you have any real human contact, it's going to you know. right. Right. So, so yeah, as, as, a, as a father to two <laughs> teenage girls, this is good news. <laughs> So I think for you too, there was virtual romances going on in your head. <laughs> you to never talk to the other girl at all when you were younger, you know. That's right. That's right. That's why so I told what, my wife to Zoom stuff is harmless. What one other thing, uh, Rob, I, I, I do remember uh when we when we all went out, and I don't remember Jim if you were there or not, uh obviously you weren't memorable then, uh to Shanghai <laughs> with Health Excel. Were you there? Because I I remember with no. uh with no, Rob, no, no. Uh, right? No, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. You didn't make it. And and I remember, you know, I, I visited in January for a long trip, uh, and then sort of came back with the Health Excel crew and you were there and you know, we we were discussing how impressed we were around digitalization, everything is touchless, right? Um, and so I'm actually curious on your thoughts uh, because obviously you were sort of looking globally just from a yeah. pipeline perspective, understanding what's happening. Where do you actually see China in the next couple of years from an investment thesis perspective or too, too early to? I, I would say a few observations from when we were there, we were there in September and uh, I, I was one blown away by how more entrepreneurial the culture was and the people we met were than I had expected. And I don't know if that's because my, expect my expectations were completely misaligned, but um, I was blown away by just sort of the, the sophistication and the number of people in the entrepreneurial culture there, um, just across the board. From a technology enablement perspective, like that society, I, I, I think we were talking about how I've never been anywhere where like I felt like such an outsider because all the technology tools that people use there to run their lives aren't available to tourists and a visitor. Mm -hmm. So like you can't you can't get you know uh, you can't use WePay you can't use AliPay and like you know because you have to link it to a Chinese bank account and we don't have an account. So like I had it's the first trip in years I had to bring a lot of cash with because like it's suddenly my credit cards didn't even work. It was just like this weird strange cashless society. I, I actually remember we were trying to get you through somebody I knew at the time there to get you a WeChat well, account. Well, I was trying to get a WeChat account and it took right. it took Eugene and like three degrees of separation to find somebody who could overseas validate my WeChat account. And I was like, <laughs> God, it's like it's easier for me to, you know, solve quantum yeah. physics than to get a chat account. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I tell you something, I, I, I think that there's 
there's a lot of interesting stuff going on over there and that the amount of capital and the number of people working on solving health, big health problems is really interesting. Um, you know, I don't think they all apply universally from China into the EU and EMEA and, and to the US, but um, it's a force to be reckoned with, no question about it. What, what do you think, like, when I'm thinking about, like, this, the sheer shift that's happening right now, so we've got, like, you know, the, the trillion of healthcare spending or whatever the number is, like, globally, now some huge percentage of it, like, I don't know, is it 50% of outpatient care, 60, 70% of outpatient care, 80% of is now happening digitally, like, in kind of a digital sense, like, remote, like, yeah. is, is, you know, and then there's been this huge investment in, in, um, in digital healthcare <laughs> companies over the last, like, say, five, six, seven years, whatever the numbers are, they're, but they're huge. Is, is digital health, was digital health ready for this? You know, are they taking it? Are there new companies forming right now? Or are there, you know, like, what's the, you know, what's the supply side? Like, what's your take on it? Is there, I feel like, is there going to be a lot of people chasing similar opportunities right now? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think the short answer is we're, we're too early in it to know um, what represents sort of anomalous growth versus systemic growth. And so, you know, I, one of the questions I've been asking, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, legislators and industry experts is when we're past the acute phase of the situation, how much of what the genie that's been let out of the bottle is going to get rebottled, right? How much is falling is going to get peeled back. Um, right. So I think a lot of the systemic changes right now that have really provided fuel and, and uh, for the fire for this stuff to spread. Um, I still think when I look back at this sort of recession and others that we're going to see a net consolidation of players, a flight mm -hmm. quality. I think Darwin is alive and well in these kinds of markets. So even though we've seen a, a pretty broad shift to, to digital delivered healthcare, health and healthcare, um, we still have a pretty fragmented market when you look at the various market sub-segments in the industry and the number of companies and players. And, you know, not every one of the 200 telehealth companies that are out there is going to survive this. It's simply right. balance sheets to stay in business, even, even with increased, in, even with, the, with increased volume. You know, the, you know, the, the economics uh, at a unit level probably need to get to a certain level for it to scale, and many of these companies are just subscale. Um, so I do think there's going to be a consolidation. There's going to be a flight to quality. I think we're going to see over time um, valuations reset a bit. And I think this is all, this is all good and, and necessary. Um, and, you know. The valuations, valuations reset up or valuations reset down? Down. Down down from where they are today. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see the creme de la creme continue to get good pricing. But I think for everybody else who's at, who's subscale, yeah, you're going to see pricing reset. Uh, you know, so the question is, the, what's the lag between public and private markets? I'm I'm doing a time check for us. I want to keep recording this and and going. This is fascinating. But we're at our we're we're at our. Th can you believe it? Thirty minute mark already. Shit. Sorry, time I flies. just took us into the eighties with that. <laughs> Oh, Jim, now I have to, for this particular episode, I'm going to have to change it up. 
Wait, I, you gotta get. I us. have my process down now. Like you're screwing <laughs> with my process, Tim. Right, right. We avoided until Rob said the one p word. You know, we were, we were. <laughs> and it, Actually, it, 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 I have to say, yeah. Rob, Rob's skirted yeah. all the C nineteen words really well, like really yeah. well. I, Typical kind of requirement, but I guess it is. <laughs> Typical kind of smooth, considered Chicago venture guy, you know? Like, so what's, what's the deal? We get, we had asked him like, what's the deal? What's happening in Chicago? Like, you gotta give us a little Chicago color. Like, how are people, like, what's happening? People We're on like March 7th of winter. It's just, it's just okay, right. brutal. It was like 36 <laughs> the other day here. So it's like, you know, what, two, so, two C? I mean, it's just terrible. Wow. Yeah, you, you, didn't even, you didn't even know about the play because you're usually, inside anyway for this period. I tell you, it is strange. I haven't been, I live in the suburbs. I haven't been downtown in a little while, but uh, like stores and restaurants and buildings boarded up their first floors downtown because oh. of the rate of like rioting and looting and stuff. And so it's this part of the city's boarded up, which is kind of bizarre. They've closed really? the front and they've closed where the river is. And so like the amount of public spaces that are available for people who live in the city to use is, is pretty limited. So you see people like, it's, it's like the old game of Frogger, where they're just people are like in the street, trying to cross streets and trying to avoid people. Um, and uh, it's like they, should, they need to do what Seattle just did, which Seattle just closed 57 miles of public streets for pedestrians only. Wow. Trying to get outside and do stuff. And yeah. they probably need to do that. Because honestly, we had a weekend, not this last one, two ago, where it was like in the 70s. And let me tell you something. In Chicago, warm weather and social distancing do not mix very well. Because we've been locked up for six months, <laughs> you know, like the minute it's nice out, everybody wants to be outside. And yeah. so uh, um, right now the state's still locked down till the end of the month. Um, only essential, a few more essential services open on May 1, but I don't know anybody's going to the office, nobody's eating, restaurants aren't open except for takeout. Um, yeah. Just got two emails this week about providers, my kid's dentist and my eye doctor, who are starting to see patients again for non-emergent care um, over the coming weeks. So it's still pretty, it's still pretty locked down here, right? Um, you know, we'll so we're, we're, I guess we're not uh, meeting up somewhere in the world anytime soon. Um, and we'll have to resort to these. Uh, and on that note, the, you know, the, the timekeeper is uh, going to end this. It was a pleasure, well, gentlemen. Fun, Great to see you again, as always. Miss as always. This in person and uh, very much looking forward to finding somewhere in the globe for us to, to get together as soon as we're able to. Exactly. J.P. Morgan on the lime scooters you know we'll be back <laughs> reminiscing <laughs> reminiscing and, and, right. amen 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 well in the meantime <laughs>